Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and Happy New Year to one of our favorite guests. It's Sarah Riappel. Sarah, how you doing? I'm good. Happy New Year. Are we still allowed to say that at this part of the January? I don't know. Well, you know, it's one of those ones where uh, I think I think we're starting to creep into so we're into the second half of January. Maybe we shouldn't be doing Happy New Year, but we haven't had you on the podcast in the new year. So for the podcast listeners, it is kind of Happy New Year, and it's kind of happy to see you anytime. So it's, uh, you know, I think we 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 can we can go with it. To, but but next time, no. Okay. Well, that's 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 good to hear. Happy New Year to you, and I'm happy to be here. And and it is that I mean the big thing for uh, for for what we're doing at least in the early part of the the, the new year uh, is we're trying to get a look at uh, at what's coming in 2023. So is it going to be a happy new year? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Uh, the past year was certainly difficult for for investors as we saw that swift reset in um, valuations across many asset classes, particularly stocks and bonds. You know, both stocks and bonds were down at the same time. It made it a difficult period for, for balanced funds and balanced type investors, um, you know, particularly challenging for some more of our more risk averse uh, investors who are more conservative portfolios that had had um, higher allocations to bonds because, you know, people expect volatility in equity markets, but they don't expect as much volatility in, in uh, fixed income markets or, or from bonds. Um, so, you know, looking back, it was a difficult period. But when we look forward from here, we actually consider 2022 to be a bit of a year of reset uh, because we reset those valuations in both uh, stock and bond markets. And it's actually positioned us quite well for looking forward into the future. Uh, so the outlook appears to be much better. Our forward returns are much better than they were a year ago. So, for example, if you look at the expected returns for a balanced uh, investor, uh, it's risen to 7% from uh, as low you know, around 4.9% about 12 months ago, which what we had penciled in then. So, you know, a lower starting point for both stocks and bonds means higher expected returns going forward. And that's true for our more, our more conservative portfolios as well. We do need to remember that there are always risks on the horizon. There are always things that we need to monitor. There are near-term challenges to the outlook, given the, the risk of recession, the uncertainty around the outlook for corporate profits. But when you take that into context of a longer-term view, we are feeling more positive on the outlook uh, now than we were uh, you know, six or 12 months ago. Yeah, and we had Eric on, uh, Eric Lascelles on uh, late last week, and, uh, and he was talking about the, uh, the, the likelihood of a recession and uh, Stu uh, Kedwell, who's a regular on Stu's <laughs> days. Yes. Uh, he, he, uh, he, he was sounding a more positive note, but and particularly around fixed income, uh, but a little bit concerned about equities and, 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 and you know, the, the potential that, 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 uh, that a recession and lower earnings hasn't been, um, hasn't been fully reflected in in valuations. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see your take, again, as you're looking for more of a portfolio construction perspective, uh, how that all comes together in the various portfolios you run, and, and, and then most commonly the sort of 60-40 balance portfolio uh, that, 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 that people have been looking at. Uh, so yeah. so we, we, had, we have this big sell-off in bonds last year, and, and as you say, and, and I think this is a... a, a I think this is something you've always got to keep in the back of your mind is that again, I, I, I think the, the, the investor ha has learned over the, over the years, you know, again, as more and more people invest directly or indirectly in stocks and bonds, 
that look you're you're going to get volatility in in the stock market there's there's no no question about that that's that's part of what that's part of what being a stock investor is all about and i and i think investors if i look at at canadians in general they're getting comfortable with 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 the the ups and downs of equity of course they'd rather yeah. have up than down but but yeah. <laughs> but the, but fixed income fixed income is a little bit different and certainly to see fixed income markets uh, like that so so we've seen a lot of investors as rates went higher start to embrace the higher rates you can earn off cash or cash yeah. equivalents cash like yeah. investments so what is are, are are you know is is Stu kind of on the right side or are you, are you sharing a view that we're we're likely past the worst of what's happened in fixed income and in the bond market or or you know are you still expecting some parts to be better than others how how are you doing how are you managing the portfolios around fixed income this year yeah, it, I mean, it was unprecedented volatility in, in fixed income markets. Um, you know, we bond investors had to, uh, you know, endure the, the worst sell off that we've seen in decades. And it probably felt even a little bit worse because those investors had benefited from above average returns over many years and leading into this um, historic sell off in, in the bond market. You know, a year ago, we felt that bond investors did face some significant valuation risk because yields were historically low. And our forecast was for yields to rise which indeed happened, but it happened much more quickly um, than anyone expected. So I think today bond investors face a very different scenario, you know, one where bond valuations are much more reasonable and the future returns are much more robust than they were just, say, six or, or 12 months ago. So the gap between where interest rates are and where our models suggest that they should be has narrowed a great deal uh, over the last year. So, yes, there's still some uncertainty around inflation and the plan for central bank rate, rate hikes. but. Um, so far, central banks have done a good job of um, bringing inflation down, and we're seeing more positive readings over over the last couple of months. So we think that the need for, you know, significant tightening uh, appears to be uh, fading. In fact, if you look at sort of expectations for central bank rate hikes, at least for the Fed in the U.S., we're expecting another small hike in February, another one in March, and then uh, the back half of the year, the the market's actually pricing a cut in. So we are getting closer to the to the end of of this cycle. At these higher yield levels, bonds, we think, are going to offer greater protection against falling stock prices in the event of an economic downturn. So they can be that ballast in a multi-asset portfolio, which is what they've traditionally um, uh, been able to do. And that just didn't happen to work as well over the last year. But we think that that, that relationship between stocks and bonds can, can um, reassert itself looking forward. You know, we recognize that if inflation does not respond and remains elevated, there is a potential for, you know, higher, higher yields uh, in the near term. But we do, as you said, think the worst of the pain in the bond market is likely behind us at this point. Yeah, and, and really important, I, th I think what you said in there around valuations, that, that you've seen a normalization in valuations around fixed income, which means as you look forward, that bonds will not have to have that snapback that we saw. Of course, rates rates dropped, you know, and had to drop way, way, way too low during COVID and the lockdowns. So they were going to normalize. That meant rates rising. That was going to be tough on fixed income. But now that they've normalized, first of all, there's some more attractive coupon rates in the bond market. So mm -hmm. you can actually earn some income off fixed income, which is, you know, what we what, what we like, if particularly yep. if we're retired or or we're yep. looking to generate income off our portfolios. But 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 also uh, that you can actually get some upside if the economy slows down, as we expect, and rates actually start to turn the other way, not, not back to zero, but but maybe maybe actually fall a little bit. 
Yeah, that's totally true. We have a chart that we look at 150 years of bond yields, and we have a long-term average on that chart. And where bond yields are sitting now are back to their long-term average. And so that valuation risk that we saw in the bond market over the, you know, the past couple of years has definitely been, seems to have been resolved. And so we are starting from sort of normal valuation levels from here. And so bonds can sort of behave a little bit more normally um, than perhaps that they have in the past sort of five years or so. So, let, let's let's continue to just look back a little bit because we've we've that's a lot of good forward-looking stuff. You know what? How did you manage through this? When you look back at that at 2022, as, as someone who manages portfolios, so you've got mm-hmm. stocks and bonds. You're diversified yep. all around the world. You're ho- all kinds of holdings. So you're faced with this year where where stocks are down almost 20 percent and bonds are also down almost 20 percent. You pretty you never see that. No. How did you manage through that? And when you look back at it, are, are you comfortable with the decisions that you made through in, in managing portfolios? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've been, we have a tactical asset overlay on the portfolios. And so what that does, it means that we're looking at the markets and constantly looking for opportunities to increase or decrease our weight in stocks and bonds where we think that we can add value to the portfolios. And so given the volatility uh, in the markets last year, it gave us more opportunity to tactically manage the portfolio. So we were particularly active over the past year. We had, um, you know, quite a few trades that we did in the portfolios tactically. If you, if I had to sort of summarize it in a general theme, uh, we were buying bonds as yield rose. So we went into this, uh, into 2022 with a significant underweight in bonds in the, in all of the portfolios. And as yields were rising, we were reducing that underweight uh, in the portfolios. And then we were also de-risking from the perspective of we had an overweight in equities going into 2022, and, and as the year progressed, we were decreasing that equity, equity weight because um, risks were increasing uh, within the markets, and we felt that it would be prudent to sort of uh, bring that weight down. So we're closer to neutral than we have been for, for quite some time as we're increasing bonds towards neutral and decreasing stocks towards neutral. Um, so, and we made a number of trades within the portfolios over, over the last 12 months to, to reflect that. One significant change I kind of wanted to mention is that um, in early October, we actually reversed course on the equity weight and we added back some, some equity weight to the portfolios because we felt a lot of the valuation adjustment that was necessary had already happened and we felt that things were looking a little bit more robust uh, or, or a little bit more positive for equity markets leading into the back um, part of the year. So we added a little bit to equities at the beginning of October, which turns out to be, uh, was a, a positive um, value added f- for the portfolios because uh, equity markets have done well since then. Um, we've, when I say we've been particularly active in portfolios, we can trade the portfolios at any time. And I have one example was a trade that we actually did on Canada Day on July 1st, because the Canadian markets may have been closed on Canada Day, but the U.S. markets were open. And so our team was uh, was working that day and then putting some trades through the portfolio because bond yields were moving significantly at that uh, at that time. And we felt that there was an opportunity there. So, um, you know, it's we're watching the portfolios all the time, making those adjustments where we see the opportunities to add value and being able to trade quickly in, in all of the various portfolios is, I think, definitely an added advantage for our clients. Yeah. And, and you. You would argue you're you're more active than you've ever been, uh, yep. in in terms of the, the portfolios, and and that has to do with again just technology, um, effectiveness of 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 executing strategy, and in, in you can just do things faster than you could before, 
and 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 you did more last year likely than you you've you've probably ever done within yeah. within the portfolios that you oversee yeah for sure and and we make sure that we have lots of tools available to us whether it's trading um, actual underlying bonds or underlying securities and underlying funds, whether we're using futures and ETFs and other types of derivatives to trade the portfolios uh, within the portfolios. We're, we have lots of tools and levers at our disposal to be able to trade uh, quickly and efficiently in markets. And as you said, technology is an, is an added tool as well for us so that we can um, have the ability to trade within the portfolios in d- different time zones and different hours and in different locations. And so lots of flexibility uh, to be able to do that. And as you said, uh, certainly uh, you know, looking back 10 years into what we were able to do and the timeliness of some of those trades back then, it's you know significantly better now than it was because of the technology that's available to us. Well, the, the, uh, I, I, get, uh, I, I get texts from people uh, when, whenever you're on and they say that uh, it always sounds like I'm very intimidated when I'm talking to you. <laughs> Um, because, uh, and, and I, I, the listeners should know just how powerful you are, uh, referred to as the, what, what, so we, we're going to say $150 billion woman. Is that what we, uh, is that, that, that were, that where we'd be at today? Or am I, am I underestimating your, your, your power? You're underestimating it, uh, by a, a few, uh, billion dollars or so, but it's okay. We can, we can round it to 150 and go with that. <laughs> So, so very powerful, has her hands on about as much money as anybody in Canada. So uh, she is a fantastic follow on, uh, on LinkedIn. So I'd encourage you to, uh, to, to, to track her on LinkedIn because there's always lots of words of wisdom. And one of the favorite things that uh, for, for people who do follow you last year, you put together, uh, well, really published your, your, what you call your top 10 investment truths. Yep. or investing truth. So uh, any updates after a year like last year to that list that you, you want to share with the listeners? And of course, they can track you on LinkedIn. You've got another piece on 6040 portfolios, which is around kind, kind of what we're, we're, we're working around today in terms of view. And, but but, um, but what, anything changed on those 10 investing truths? Uh, maybe just the focus. So, you know, the, the list is always worth keeping in mind. Um, people, it's funny, people only ever ask me about my uh, my top 10 list during volatile markets when everything's quiet or everything's trending upwards. I don't seem to get asked about that very often. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think I said different markets um, sort of bring different uh, pieces into focus. I think the one right now is for 2023 is to focus on where markets are going, not on where they have been. Um, I know, you know, 2022 was a challenging market for many people. But we have to do our best to, to put that in the rearview mirror and focus on looking forward and, and what um, opportunities are available in front of us and not be, you know, be sitting on the, on the sidelines because you're uh, still traumatized by what, by what happened in, in, in 2022. And the other one I would say is extremely difficult to successfully time the market. Um, it involves making two decisions, when to get out and then when to get back in. And especially that one when to get back in is usually going to happen, you know, when things look unusually bad at the very worst time is probably the best time to get back in. Um, and people have a really hard time doing that. So I really believe in a good investment plan can can withstand all types of market environments. Um, and it's important to, to stay invested uh, it, as opposed to trying to time the market. And one of my colleagues here says the goal should always be to outperform over time, not all of the time. And so I really believe in 
in staying the course, staying invested, focus on those those investment plans that you so diligently put together with your with your advisors, as opposed to um, letting your emotions drive you and, and trying to, to time the market. Yeah, 2022 is certainly a year where um, valuations mattered uh, and quality mattered. And, uh, and, and, and again, you, uh, when, 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 when you try to push for those extra, stretch for those extra returns, uh, at some point, uh, you, you get hurt by it. And that was, this was certainly, uh, this, this past year was one of those years where, you know, stretch valuations on fixed income and in different parts of the fixed income, or really all the fixed income markets, and certainly different areas of the, uh, of equity markets, uh, those who stretched out. Uh, paid the price, so it was uh, it, it was a it was it was that kind of year. Yeah, f- for sure. And it, you know, it was a one-year return that was um, unusually difficult uh, f- for people. But when we look at historical returns, when you when you push them out to three, five, ten-year um, rolling returns, uh, they're almost always positive for for a balanced type investor. Yep. And so being overly focused on what happened over the last 12 months may um, prevent you from taking advantage of some of the opportunities that could lay, lay ahead of us over the next, you know, one, 12 months or even, you know, two, three, five years, depending on time horizons for, for clients. Yeah, I, I was explaining uh, the difference between gambling and investing to one of my daughters uh, last night. I was driving her back to, to drop her off at, uh, at university and she's taking business. Yep. And, uh, and you know, you, you, if you play blackjack at a casino... Uh, the odds are in favor of the casino about 50.2 to 49.8. So if you play, 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 if we all gather our money and play and play and play forever and ever, we're ultimately going to lose. Yes. Uh, investing, as you say, you get out to five years and, you know, very rare, if not, I, I, I you know, again, historically, and things can change in the future, but historically, uh, you get out to five years, a balanced portfolio is, is, is always positive. So investing is something that if you play and play and play and play and stay and stay and stay and stay, uh, you ultimately win. And that's, uh, that, that, that's an important difference that is, uh, I think, lost sometimes, particularly on young investors, but, but something that professional investors understand and use to their advantage as they're managing portfolios like you do. Yeah, and I have a chart that I, I use as a visual when I do presentations sometimes, and it's the it's the long term return of a sixty forty balanced uh, portfolio. And once you look at it over a 30, 35 year uh, time horizon, and we've had a lot of difficult periods in markets over that period, but um, it's hard to really point pick them out on the chart when you when you stretch it out to that that long term uh, return series, right? And so it's, sometimes it's about taking a step back and looking at things from the perspective of a long-term investor and saying, okay, that was a difficult period for sure, but it's, it's not one that uh, should be you know, shifting me off of my investment plan. Because when I look at it historically, uh, we've had those difficult periods in the past, but the, the, the chart is still showing strong performance on a, from a long-term perspective, right? Yeah, and again, like you say, you, you've you've got your tactical asset allocation models, and you're using you're, you're, you're there's going to be times where you're going to make tactical changes to a portfolio, uh, but it's all done in the context of of driving returns, uh, you know, to outperform over time, not all the time. There's just going to be some times where where yep. you know the approach is not going to be favorite. Markets get irrational at times, as we know. Yep. And and but over over the long haul they are rational, so that's where you can try and outperform. So I I I, uh, I love everything you're. Uh, I I've been intimidated obviously to loving everything <laughs> that you do and talk about. 
Sharon. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's possible to intimidate you, Dave. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, uh, Sarah, to, to you and the family, uh, have a have a great 2023. We're uh, we're looking for uh, on the professional side for you to have a really spectacular 2023. Everyone, uh, everyone's hoping for that. All uh, 150 billion or way more than that uh, yep. that uh, that that you're managing, and uh, and and I know how busy you are. So thanks for your time again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management Inc. for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.